the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Wow, what a Super Bowl, huh? Well, that's behind us. Now we look towards the day of love, February 14th, Valentine's Day. And how we spend in a silly fashion, but let's not get there so fast, shall we? Um, stocks are trending up today after the S&P 500 notched a historic close above 5,000 for the first time last week. It's kind of a nice round number. Um, there's no magic in the number other than it's milestone. And we all like milestones. As a distance runner when I was younger, I... Couldn't run six miles unless I knew where mile one, two, three, four, and five was. It just psychologically in my head, that 3.1 miles when you're doing a 6.2 mile race, you're like, that's halfway. And that just helps me psychologically. Same thing. There's some psychological positives to a big round number on Wall Street. Stocks have been getting to those big round numbers on the clutch of better than expected earnings results and corporate earnings. This week's going to bring a challenge tomorrow. January reading of the consumer price index due up tomorrow before the market opens. Some interesting stories from the weekend. The national anthem bet created only winners. Where in Las Vegas can you get a winning bet no matter what happens? Well, it was in the Star Semigal banner. The over-under was set at 90.5 seconds. Reba McIntyre raced through the song to end at 88.5, but she had a second verse of the brave and the home of the brave. So she did a second time and extended it to 95 seconds. MGM was quick to point out she finished their lyrics in 88.5, the under one, later changing their minds and giving it to both the over and under. Beyonce did something kind of cool, which is something kind of businessy. In her Verizon spot, she teased Act 2 was coming. So Renaissance Act 2 album is coming March 29th. She dropped two singles last night. Hey, if you're getting all the uh, the, um, press, why not? Dua Lipa's Argyle pulled in under $6 million. The box office was sacked during the Super Bowl. Lisa Frankenstein pulled in under $3 million or $3 million roughly plus. Weekend lows. For box offices, $40 million. Uh, that's low for the current year. And it tells you that uh, not much going on in movie theaters this weekend or last weekend. Jeff Bezos pulled $2 billion stock sale last week. It comes with an added perk, no state taxes. Plus, he gets to kind of skirt away from Washington's uh, capital gains tax. So he's going to save over $600 million. On a $2 billion sale. Not too shabby, eh? The spring home buying market is upon us. Officially starts on President's Day holiday weekend. 
Home sales plunged a whopping 19% last year. But this year, they're expecting it to be a little bit stronger than usual because mortgage rates have gone from 8% in October to 6.6%. They're expected to go another 50 basis points lower this year. So some people are going to get in their home and probably in a year or two refinance. That's the thought. Um, I don't think that's a bad thought. Zillow economists believe home sales could surge 5% by the end of the year. That's a a, a nice number, but again, still well off the pre-pandemic numbers. We're never, ever going back. I know you're saying, are you doing a Taylor Swift tribute? No. Uh, We're never, ever going back to the super low mortgage rates of 25 to 3%, in my opinion, unless the world is in calamity economic turmoil. Or another pandemic comes, is what I'm trying to get at. Consumer sentiment improved in January. Touring activity is ramped up, so look for more people to be bidding on homes. Some prospective sellers are being forced to list homes due to life events like marriage or needing to relocate for a new job. Um, An analyst came on the financial media networks this morning and talked about Apple and what's missing from Apple right now. Well, the headset, the Vision Pro headset, for every 10 trials, four people are buying them, expecting that to be a big product now. It's gone from nope to expectations are starting to ramp. Not there yet, but expectations are starting to ramp. Every company, what's missing from Apple right now? They had the Super Bowl halftime show, which was eh, pretty underwhelming in most people's minds. Every company wants to be an AI stock right now. And Apple still doesn't have their mum on AI. I think they've bought 25 companies in the last two years, many of them having to do with AI. So it's coming. Expect it this June at the Worldwide Developers Conference. Worldwide Web Developers Conference. Um, Expect Apple to introduce AI into the Apple Store with AI-powered phones to follow this fall. AI is going to shift from being on the cloud server story to being more on the edge on mobile devices and PCs. An AI-driven iPhone featuring an improved Siri digital assistant could prompt customers to replace their smartphones more frequently. Right now, Apple customers are currently replacing their phones every 44 months on average. Apple can bring that down one month. That would sell 25 million more units, adding $7 billion to its revenue. Expect an AI announcement in June. They've been mum, and yet they've been acquiring companies. Kind of makes sense in many people's eyes. Let's take a look at the markets. Um, And I'm not going to go over all the Super Bowl commercials. I don't think you want me to. Just between you and me. You could thank me later, right? We have the Dow up 105, the SP 500 up 8, the NASDAQ up 45, the Russell 2000 is the big winner up 1.5%. Um, that's kind of nice to see. Again, that's what we want the rest of the year to be, maybe. With the S&P 500 up maybe 5%, we'd love to see the Russell 2000 up 15%. Um, it would be a widening of the market, a healthier market in the long term, a market not built on the strength of five, six, or seven stocks. We still have many earnings uh, companies this week. 
So we're not out of the woods yet on earnings season. But after that, we do start to get to get the point of um, what's next. So every 90 days we get earnings. Then we get the inflation readings in between. We get the jobs numbers, which were good yet again. And that's also one of the reasons that we expect the housing market to continue to see a rebound this year is people have jobs. The affordability is still very problematic, but getting better for some as many people have gotten raises in the last two years. Big event coming up on the 15th, the seven steps for retirement readiness at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park, California, 630 to 830. I'm going to be there a couple hours early setting up and grabbing a bite to eat. It's a long day for me because it's a long drive, but it's Thursday, February 15th, 630 to 830. If you stop by, I'll tell you about some of the stocks that I'm looking at. Um, but also, it's a great event to stay for. If you have at least 500,000 investable assets, you will learn something um, tied towards taxes and tax efficiency and income and your long-term care needs. What is safe money? What is not? How to invest in your retirement years? And much, much more. Big event Thursday, the 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 in Menlo Park. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these 7 steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all 7 tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. Retirement's kind of, um, uh, how do I say this in the right way? I think it's a lot more complicated than you believe and than what I used to believe five years ago. As I'm now approaching retirement, a lot of questions are coming up that I didn't know were going to be there. There's some you know, basic ideas of retirement, right? Is you don't want to run out of money. You want to grow income each year. This one's question mark. You tell me. Leave a legacy for your children, if you have children. And it's not lost on me that some people don't have children, and they're a little offended that I keep breaking that up. And I'm sorry. Um, I speak for me a lot on this show. But I should probably dedicate a little bit more time to people who are single and people who are dual income with no kids. But you don't want to run out of money. You want to grow your income each year. You want to potentially leave a legacy, either for your kids or maybe a charity. You want to build a reserve fund for unplanned expenses. They happen in retirement. Healthcare is not free. Roofs need to be replaced. Cars need to be updated. You get the idea. And you want also, in retirement, increase spendable income by reducing taxes. That's the one, that's the tricky one that I think most people don't understand. You might need to adjust your retirement plan in 2024. And Thursday's event is a good event for that. You want to worry less about the markets, 
long-term care and taxes by planning for them. One of the coolest things a financial plan comes with is a five-year tax projection and how to maximize it efficiently. Do you think you need long-term care? I'll tell you what, you don't want to not know and wait. Generally speaking, if your parents need a long-term care, you might need long-term care. Um, but that, that's some, a lot of variables. Were your parents obese and you're skinny? Were your parents skinny and you're obese? It could change the formula right there. Smokers, non-smokers. Does any disease run in your family? My grandmother got Alzheimer's. My mother got Alzheimer's. That's not a good track record. On my spouse's side, she, um, her family's, her parents are in their mid-80s doing well. Um, starting to slip a bit, but doing well. So far, no need for long-term care. Uh, but they don't have it if, it if they do need it, which is interesting to bring up. So she's going to be paying for it. They're going to be paying for it. Someone's going to be paying for it if they do need it. At $110,000, $120,000 a year and going higher? Uh, think about it. Getting a three- to five-year policy, uh, not the worst idea. You tend not to need it for longer than that because you die. So you want to improve your finances in retire in retirement. It's part of, I would say, a plan. Hypothetically, you should be in a better position when you retire over the years. Um, I'm going to rely heavily on dividends from stocks that I have invested in. Now, unfortunately, my dividend portfolio, it's good right now, but it needs to get into shape over the next five to seven years. Um, I've done things in my life like set my kids with a 529 plan so I can now fund more towards dividends. I have a lot of growth stocks that have big capital gains in them. I got to figure out that transition. Um, I look at 2024 as a you need to adjust for reality um, and the higher interest rates. I'm not expecting the stock market to have the same performance that it did over the last 15 years because we are no longer in that low interest rate environment. Um, I look at the Magnificent Seven as there's a couple of them that have upside like Meta and Google. But I see very expensive stocks in NVIDIA. I think Apple has upside when later this summer they're going to announce AI phones. That should get the stock to the 250 level. Um, Consultant work was ever taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Interesting during the Super Bowl last night, um, two commercials again that basically took shots at Tesla, saying the self driving feature is dangerous. Um, I find that interesting that someone wants to spend that kind of money to say boycott Tesla, of which Tesla's up five days in a row now after likely hitting a bottom. If you like bottom fishing, um, I, I'm just not a Tesla guy. So I own some through various growth funds and through S&P 500 funds, just not my way to play in the world of investments. Um, yeah, I do think there's some upside in Meta and Amazon and Google. Um, but I look at NVIDIA and Apple as they're pretty fully priced for now with Apple still having that AI announcement coming sooner rather than later. Um, I would expect that to be the next catalyst. 
their supply chain is lean right now and they're picking up sales in China, which should help in the next quarter. I just have various notes that I'm burning through. If you can't tell, um, what else do we need to hit on this segment? Interesting. Mohawk. They're a flooring manufacturing company. Um, they got a nice upgraded buy today. Breaking out of its recent consolidation pattern, shares of Mohawk has consistently struggled to close meaningfully above the 110 mark. It's at 116 now. So it's technically breaking out. That's one of those companies that doesn't have a lot of competition. I know you're saying flooring. And a couple years, many years ago is the right way of saying it now because time flies, right? Uh, they got into big problems with having used some floor products that were manufactured in China that had uh, unhealthy levels of contaminants in it. Uh, but Mohawk has recently turned from downbeat earnings guidance to lukewarm commentary, and analysts seems like that at this point in time. So hopefully I've said something to stir you to come to the seven steps for retirement readiness Thursday in Menlo Park, California, 638. I'm going to get there around 4.30, set up and get ready, um, have a little bite to eat. Um, CFP Chad Burton will be there from EP Wealth, talking taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing life goals, and more. Um, this will be the last time he does this event for the year, I believe, the seven steps for retirement readiness. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I don't like the phrase betting on when it comes to investing. I don't want to bet my retirement on, you fill in the blanks, crypto, growth stocks, AI stocks. It's kind of a weird thought because that equals disaster if the bet doesn't turn out for you, right? There's a big difference between losing a $100 bet because Shanahan had lousy play calling for the 49ers. They've got the most offensive weapon in the league and they just went away from it in the second half. McCaffrey, I know I'm second guessing. I'm not a football coach. I know nothing about the game. I wasn't there. But the theme I want to get across to you is don't change what got you to where you are dramatically. Don't suddenly become an AI investor because you haven't saved enough. Don't suddenly become a crypto investor because you're behind. Maxing out your 401k is probably the best thing you could do in working extra years to cut down on the drawdown rate of what income you've saved is probably a better idea than thinking, you know, hey, maybe crypto is a good idea for me. Over the long term, stocks outperform bonds and bonds outperform real estate. Stock market investment should be one component of your plan to prevent your savings from running dry. I've got an interesting situation in my retirement. I think every scenario is a little different, right? I will be able to live off my dividends when I call it quits. I don't know if I'm ever going to call it quits. But then I'm going to get the age of 70, 70 and a half, 72 where I have to start drawing down on my 401k to satisfy the IRS. And suddenly I don't have to live on my dividends anymore. So what am I going to do with those, those stocks? 
Well, I can gift them to my children. I can gift them to charity. There's a lot of little nuances there. I keep them and roll in the bucks. But the more bucks I roll in, the less social security I get. So it's not efficient. And it can create my taxes to hit into an upper bracket. So I have to have a plan for this. And the plan doesn't start when I turn 69, 70, 71, 72. It starts before then. Um, many planning projections predict how long your savings will last based on Monte Carlo simulations. And it shows you the chances of success or failure. You got to recognize that investors do not achieve average market returns. Consider financial behavior changes when withdrawing capital. You got to understand and reflect substantial late in retirement expenses. So you want to maximize your after-tax income or your legacy and plan separately for qualified and after-tax accounts. It is really complicated. You can use a high-dividend stock portfolio for current income from personal savings. You can use a conservative estimate for long-term stock market performance in your planning. So instead of saying, I'm going to get 10 to 20%, which is just a random freaking fragment set of numbers, yeah, I'm going to go 6 to 8%. That's what I would consider. You need to monitor and replan your process every two to three years. What else do we have to hit today as far as big stories? I'm kind of interested. McDonald's had an interesting quarter. Um, Their quarter took some shine off the stock, and I believe it created an opportunity for long-term patient investors who want a dividend. McDonald's has been a winner, averaging 15% returns annualized over the past decade when you include reinvesting dividends. That's outpaced the S&P 500's 13%, and it's done it with a lot less volatility. It's kind of a boring stock. They murder cows and chickens. Now you're saying, did you just say that? They have exposure to the Middle East, and with war in the region, you can expect zero growth. Total sales grew 8%, though, for McDonald's to $6.4 billion. They've got a new concept that's starting to open up called Cosmics. It's got the MC in it at the end, Cosmics, that's geared more towards younger people that want guacamole on their sandwiches um, and want artisan-flavored artis- artisan coffees and, and uh, Slurpees and mixed drinks kind of thing. Sales could help profits Grow at close to 6% sales growth if cost inflation is mild and profit margins remain stable. Uh, I always look for stocks to buy on dips. And now that I'm in my 50s, I'm looking for dividend stocks to buy on my dips. Um, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial last night did kind of give me a little haunting. Like, I didn't know if we needed to see that. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, including Tom Brady. Um, a lot of people thought that was funny, but I just, visually I, it bothered me a bit. I'm just I, I'm an odd bird at times. I know that. Um, let's take a quick look at how the market is doing today. Weakness in some mega cap components weighing on index performance. Wait and see in front of a busy week with the S&P 500 sitting at an all-time high. There's outperforming small cap stocks, which I like. I could take a day where the S&P 500 underperforms as long as we're seeing the small caps outperform. There's a rebound action in regional banks, which is um, 
helping small caps. Regional banks do, it's really interesting. 25 years ago, that was a sector I really liked. And as I've gotten older, I, I liked it less and less regional banks. As banking's moved online, and the regional bank is so much less important. Um, 25 years ago, I was just a young man, and I was like, where will I bank at? And I didn't feel like I had the clout or the money to go, let's go bank at Citibank or Solomon Smith Barney or uh, Goldman Sachs. No, I, I felt I was like, Mayor Lynch was beneath, was above me. I was beneath them. So I, I, I went with regional banks. Um, or in this case, I went with like a Bank of America, which is more of a national bank, but it's certainly not a big New York bank, in my opinion. What hell, what do we need to think about? There's nothing going on. There's a small M&A deal. There's nothing going on with a 10-year treasury today, but Diamondback Energy and Endeavor Energy Resources are merging in a $26 billion cash and stock deal. Endeavor has Endeavor Energy has a lot of debt. And energy stocks are something that I don't understand terribly well when you start getting into natural gas. Um, so I don't talk about it often. But energy, many analysts believe, will be this year's winner on the stock market in large part because of underperformance last year. But also creating some value uh, being left over. John Stewart's coming back to TV. Um, he Since he left in 2015, the show's audience has gotten very small and very old on The Daily Show. Um, so he's coming back to a very fractured linear TV that's been stomped on by streaming. Multiple generations have either stopped paying for TV or have never paid for it at all. Some of them are spending time with streamers like Netflix, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does. He's only coming back on Monday nights for the election cycle. Primetime viewership by age is declining aggressively. In 2015, you're talking about total viewers of 100 million. Um, that's 2015. Now, eight years later, we're down to 60 million. For total viewers, if you're taking a look at people 18 to 34, it's gone from 18 million in 2015 to 4 million in 2023. 4 million people 18 to 25, 18 to 35. That's it. That's it. Younger people are not watching television. Um, to give you a comparison, the 18 to 34 in, in 2015, 18-year-old to 34-year-olds accounted for 15.9 million. I just said that. Um but 25 to 54 year olds accounted for 40 million, 41 million. Um, so John Stewart and television don't go hand in hand like they did eight years ago. In 2015, for late night television, the audience was around 48 million total. No, no, 48 years old, excuse me. Now the average viewer of late night is, oh man, this makes me feel old, 61. So in eight years, the average viewer has gone up 13 years in age. That's out of control. For primetime, not late night television, the average age has gone from 51 
to primetime now at 62. Who watches linear TV? Old people. And they're not exactly big spenders. And what that means is that ad companies and companies that want to sell, you know, marketing, their clients aren't there. So the revenue is not there. So the programming doesn't get better. The programming that advertisers want to be involved with is meta. It's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's TikTok. Just something to think about, okay? Um, don't forget, come out, meet me before the event in Menlo Park the day after Valentine's Day, 630 to 830. I'll be there around 430 with seven steps of retirement readiness. But you have to email me and tell me that you're going to be there or you have to sign up um, at robblackshow.com. It's the seven steps for retirement readiness. It's an informative seminar where we're going to tell you if you pass these seven steps, you're in a good, pretty good shape. It's good content. It's the last time we're doing it for the year. It's CFP Chad Burton and myself, Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. That's coming up this Thursday, 630 to 8.30. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Talking with CFP Chad Burton about... The seven steps for retirement readiness. And one of them is leaving your job. And at your job, one of the most amazing things you have is that ability to accumulate wealth in a 401k, a 403b, or 457. This is something we're going to be talking about at the event coming up on the 15th of February. Uh, this is just one of the seven big components. I promise you'll learn something. It's the last time we're doing this event, um, probably of 2024. You can sign up at chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. Of course, CFP Chad Burton is here today. Chad, let's talk a little bit about that process of, of getting the 401k away from the company you just spent years working with and accumulating wealth. Uh, what do we need to know about the process? Well, so the first thing you do, are you know, are you doing it on your own or you're getting advice? So most, um, most of the time when you're working with a fee-only certified financial planner practitioner that's, you know, fiduciary, so typically accounts are set up for us. We, we work with Fidelity or Schwab, right? Mm-hmm. That's where our clients have their accounts. We're just signed on to be able to trade them. So that's the important thing to note is that you're, even if you're working with a financial advisor, they're typically using a custodian. So you have to set up an IRA. So you've got to choose, you know, where are you going to go for advice? And that advisor is typically going to use a Fidelity or Schwab. So let's say, your current 401k is at Fidelity. Well, I'll probably just open up that IRA account at Fidelity. So the, the process is typically, first of all, figure out what's inside your 401k. Most people have put in all of their money pre-tax. And if that's the case, then everything inside the 401k could be just non-taxed. It could be all pre-tax money that it all goes into an IRA. Now, some people have that they started contributing to the Roth inside their 401k. In that situation, you're going to first need to open up a regular IRA account to receive the pre-tax money and a Roth IRA account to receive the Roth money. But we're not even done yet. So the first, the, the other thing that we do is when we call the existing 401k number company, or may, sometimes we can clearly see it on the statement, we, all, we have to ask, are there any after-tax dollars in this account? And that sounds kind of weird, but um, 
it, it's, it's, it was common, you know, years ago for people to put in the pre-tax amount and then more money went in and it, and it, but went into an after-tax account. So it kind of creates this basis in an IRA or in a 401k where it might be worthwhile before you do a rollover to say, do I have any after-tax money in the 401k? Okay, if I do, I want to convert that from my the after-tax bucket to the Roth bucket. Um, and so that might be a step that you need to take. Another question that you need to ask is, do I have any company stock in my 401k, let's say I have a 401k at Lockheed Martin, and I've got a bunch of company stock that was given to me as, uh, you know, match, for example, or I purchased it. Um, there might be an option where you can take that company stock out of the 401k and put it into a normal brokerage account at Fidelity or Schwab, for example. Now, what's interesting about that is that if you have company stock, there is a amount that you paid for it. That's the basis. So let's, let's say you put in you know, you paid 20,000 for a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock. When you take that stock out of the 401k at retirement and put it in a normal account, you'll pay taxes on the basis of 20 K and you won't pay anything on the gain of 80 K until you start to sell. And when you do, that's a capital gains bracket, which is, can be much lower. So there's a lot of planning that goes involved into it. And is that a good option to take that company stock out? That's called net unrealized appreciation. So Rob, sometimes people need to open uh, a regular IRA for the pre-tax money, a Roth IRA for the post-tax money, and a normal brokerage account to receive potentially the company's stock. And once you have all those opened and you, the rollovers are typically done over the phone or you fill out a form to get that done. And so- um, The nice thing is when you call like a Fidelity or Vanguard, they can help you with the forms a lot of it, you know, because I'm not a form guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And most of them these days are done over the phone. So we'll just set up a conference call with a client. We'll call into the 800 number. We'll get okay. somebody on the phone, um, ask these questions. And, and then we might need to call back after they, if they, if we have to do that, you know, after tax to Roth conversion, we have to wait a couple of days uh, and then call back. And you have to, when you call back to do the rollover, you have to have the, your IRA account number ready, your Roth IRA account number ready, everything ready to go. Now, what'll happen is, they will send the check to you. Now, sometimes if it's a Fidelity 401k and you've opened a Fidelity IRA or Fidelity Roth, they'll just do it internally, which is really nice. Okay. Other times, um, you know, if it's, you know, a 401k somewhere else, and you got to put it into a Fidelity or Schwab IRA, they're going to mail the checks to you, but it's going to be made out to your IRA or your Roth IRA. It's, you don't have to sign anything. It's already made out to your retirement account. But when you do this, I always tell people, go ahead and pay the extra 25 bucks for them to overnight the check to you. Cause they'll, if you call today, they'll make the transaction by the end of the day, the checks takes a couple of days to be processed. You don't want it sitting in the U S regular mail for five to seven days, or maybe it doesn't even get delivered. You want to pay the $25 fee to have it overnight into your home. And then you turn around and that gets, um, you know, mailed in, or sometimes the advisor has a check scanning capability, but usually it just gets, you know, overnighted right into Fidelity or Schwab into that IRA account. And then you have to invest it. Um, so it's a bit of a process, but um, it's usually a good idea to roll from that 401k to an IRA retirement because if you want to do, be able to do random withdrawals, if you want to be able to gift to charity out of the IRA after age 70 and a half, if you don't want to deal with blackout periods when the company decides to change 401k providers where nobody can access anything for 30 to 90 days, you want that in an IRA. Um, and you want to talk about consolidation of accounts too? Sure. You have time for that? Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite things to do. You know, the other day I had somebody come in and 
They were leaving their job. They had a 401k. They had an IRA at Vanguard. They had an IRA at T. Rowe Price. IRAs um, at a couple of different places. And in the past, you have to keep them separate. But, you know, you could actually consolidate all of those different accounts, even transfer the holdings in kind, if you like the funds and the stocks and everything else, into one IRA at either Fidelity or Schwab and have it all in one place. And so consolidation is really nice, too, in retirement so that you just could keep an eye on everything a little bit better. Why didn't I do a consolidation before retirement, though? Oh, yeah, you should. I mean, it's it's okay. it's it, but a lot of times people just wait. See how Chad will answer your questions. If you have questions about retirement readiness, this is the event for you. It's the Seven Steps Retirement Readiness, 630 to 8.30, Stanford Park Hotel, Menlo Park, California, taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, health and wellness. Chad's got a great website. We can sign up for his podcast. You can sign up for the event, chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.